Hello, and welcome to the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we will speak about three of my favorite topics, women, Jewish identity, and leadership in business, so that we can understand what it means to be a Jewish woman entrepreneur in today's world. Every week, I will bring you episodes with guest speakers, life coaching, book reviews, and success stories to inspire and empower you to be the greatest version of yourself. My name is Natalie Garson, and I'm your host for this podcast. I am a successful Jewish women entrepreneur, the leader of the Born to Do Business Global Community. I live in Jerusalem, I have an MBA, and I'm the CEO of the Born to Do Business. My passion is to empower purpose-driven women entrepreneurs from all around the world to grow and scale their business, aligning cutting-edge business strategy with deep personal growth so that they can continue to love what they do while being hugely successful and have a great impact on the world. But let's dive in today's episode. Okay, and we are live. I am so happy to welcome Lori Palatnik to this special episode of the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. It's been some time now that I've been wanting to have Lori on the podcast. I'm really, really excited uh, that she's here with us and that she's in Israel because it wasn't also easy to get her. So thank you so much for being here, Lori. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so excited. We have so much to talk about. Obviously, half an hour is not going to be enough. We're going to, you know, scratch the surface, but we're going to have an amazing conversation. But before we do that, if it happens that some people don't know who Lori Palatnik is, I am still going to give a few lines about who you are. You are the founding director of Momentum, which is, for whoever doesn't know what Momentum is, an, an international nonprofit organization which empowers women to change the world through Jewish values, which we're going to talk about, that transform ourselves, our families, and our communities. Momentum works together with over 250 partnering organizations in 32 countries and brought over over 20,000 Jewish mothers, oh my God, around the world to uh, trips to Israel. Lori is a renowned Jewish educator, speaker, writer, and media personality who has lectured all over the world. And she's the author of four books, which we have the names of the books in the bio. You can check them out. Uh, and also in 2023, I just took the last, you know, we had a, a, so many things to say about you, but I just took the last one. Uh, you were chosen to accept the Jerusalem Unity Prize on behalf of Momentum at the President's House. How amazing that is. Wow. So you know what? I, I just feel like asking you, how was that? How was it to uh, get to be in the President's House and to receive this prize? Can you tell us how was that experience? It was very, very exciting. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are listening outside of Israel, you know, it's like going to the it's the equivalent of going to the White House. Yes. And President Herzog and his wife Michal are very special people. The Unity Prize was founded, I believe, in 2014. Uh, that's when three young young boys, young men, were kidnapped and killed, and it really. It captured the whole story captured a nation and the three families, especially led by the three mothers, they established what's called the Unity Prize to promote, which is one of the goals of, of Momentum, the organization that I founded, uh, which is Achdut Velo Achidut, which is unity right. without uniformity. Which I love. Yes, definitely. 
And so you were there and you got the prize. And yeah, it was really, it was very exciting. And I was very proud to, to represent Momentum and the work that we do around the world. Wow, amazing. So you know what? You just said the organization that I founded. And I love to hear that firsthand. I love to hear those stories of when it happens that all of a sudden, I don't know if it's all of a sudden, maybe it takes years, I don't know. But I want you to I want you to take us back to the, that moment, that defining moment where you had that idea, we should do something for women, for mothers. I don't even want to put words into what you said, but I want to go back to that time where you decided, and I know you didn't do it by yourself, but Take us back there and tell us like what happened because I know a lot of people have ideas, a lot of people want to change the world, and we always see you know the people that succeed, obviously. But how do we go from an idea to something that actually becomes what momentum is today? Can you tell? Can you take us there? Thank you for asking. It's really you know it all began in 2008. I had been travel. I've been became a speaker in the Jewish world, and the Jewish world traditionally that you have a lot of just like in in many many sectors and and in different uh, in different worlds, it's very male dominated. So I I became a speaker in the Jewish world. I was writing books and I was doing uh, video blogs, and I was be, I had like a little bit of a niche market of of being a female presenter. And as I was going around the world speaking, I saw that Jewish communities were were getting weaker. They were going in the wrong direction. And I would come back with like crazy job offers because they people know that a community lives and dies by where the women are at and women need role models. So I would come back and tell my husband, you want to be the chief rabbi of Costa Rica? Comes with maids. And he's like, I don't speak Spanish. I'm like, Yaakov, you're smart. You can learn Spanish. Maids, a driver. They're offering us the world. So obviously we're not moving to Costa Rica and we're not moving to Atlanta. We're not moving to Johannesburg. But I couldn't walk away. I I knew in our work in Jewish communal work for many years in Canada, United States, that, that if you just engage the women, they will bring the family. So I, so I, I just wanted them to give me their women, but I didn't have a platform. Right. So I invited seven other women who I knew from the, I was living in the Washington DC area at the time. And we went away to Utah because one of the eight women owns a gorgeous place in Utah. And we, I walked them through a process that I think would be interesting because this is about entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and, and, you know, creating organizations. Yeah. I think it'd be important to share this. Yeah. I went to somebody who does this for, for, for profit organization okay. that she takes her and her brother to like, they had an organization where they took an eclectic group of people into a boardroom and they walked them through a process where they came to a common mission, vision, and purpose. And wow. before I went away to Utah, and I didn't know what idea we're going to come up with. I just knew like we had to do something. Okay. And these women also were very different, like from different walks of life, politically, religiously, different stages of life. And I said to her, I've got this eclectic group of people. I know that we need to come up with the home run idea for the Jewish people. I instinctively feel it's going to be through women, but we'll see what we come up with. I said, but can I do what you do in a boardroom for a nonprofit? And she said, yes. So I said, okay, teach me how to do this. So she's telling me and I'm taking notes. And I don't know about you, Natalie, but I'm not very patient with process. So I said, (laughs) can we like bottom line this? She said, Lori, if you're patient, and you do what I say, magic will happen. Wow. Trust me. Wow. I said, okay. So I took all the notes and I went away and I started walking them through this process. And I want to tell you the first step was, what are your core values? 
Amazing. What are your personal core values? And we had to write them down right. individually. And then we had to write down and describe what would my life look like if I lived them? Wow. What would my family look like? What would my community look like? What would the Jewish people look like? What would the world look like? Wow. Then we shared and we found the congruence of our values, the values, even though we're coming from different walks of life, what were the values that we could all rally around? And then we established at the time what we called the Jewish Women's Renaissance Project, JWRP. And only then, and then we, and then we agonized over the mission statement, which you beautifully articulated at the beginning of what we are about. And only then did we brainstorm on what project would bring this to fruition. What the hell? Right. So- you see how different this is because over the years I've been invited into the room to talk about many ideas and many projects. Usually the ideas already been decided. The project's been decided, but they want you in the room because they want your help in whatever way. And everybody in the room kind of looks the same. They right. kind of vote the same. Their Shabbat looks the same. Like that's right. usually what you see. This was very different. We really turned it on, on its head before the projects decided what are the values that are going to be the foundation of this from people of different walks of life who don't vote the same, whose Shabbat does not look the same, who are different stages of life. And because I believe we were leading with unity without right. uniformity, I believe that it was blessed from above because I have never wow. been involved and I've been involved in many initiatives and, and ideas. I've never been involved with, with, with anything that took off like a rocket. It just captured everybody's imagination, no matter where you are, left, right, like male, female, it didn't matter. Like people were like, oh, you're right. It's yeah. the mom. So we came up with all these different ideas. This one idea, which is to engage the Jewish mother, bring her to Israel for an eight-day transformational experience and bring her back for a one-year follow-up and do it totally in partnership partnership with other organizations on the ground. We actually don't look at the women. And now we have men, we have husbands. Yes. yes. We don't look at them as our customers. We actually look at the organizations on the ground as our customers. Right. We want them to go from good to great. And they are a wide variety. Like, as you said, we have 350 partner organizations in, in right now in, in 35 countries. Wow. So they, they, they are across the board, very different. Like we have Chabad, we have federations, we have the Sachnut, the Jewish agency, we have JCCs, we have outreach organizations, we have schools, we have shuls, we have all different types. We, we tell them, whatever you're doing for the Jewish people, partner with us and we'll help you do better work faster. Because wow. we're running out of time. Right. We all oh, have yes. to do oh, better yes. work faster. faster. And at the beginning, there was, a, there was pushback. Why? First of all, we're women. Right. And it's like, oh, that's so cute, that girly thing you're doing. Okay. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that. People, we, we started in 2008 in the worst economy in the United yes. States since the Great Depression. Yeah. Like, how right. are you going to raise this money? Because it's basically a free trip, not including airfare. We're targeting the Jewish mother. They're like, well, you know, you're not going to raise the money and the, the mothers won't leave their kids. Well, it turns out we're, we were able to raise the money and the mother said bye to their kids yes. <laughs> and off they went for this experience. And because we do it in partnership, our partner organizations on the ground, they're the ones recruiting the women, right. preparing them for the experience, accompanying them on the experience, going back with them and doing a one year follow-up 
that we now have a curriculum to keep, it's called the year of growth that keeps the, the inspiration going. That's amazing. And our data shows that this is game changer. Oh yes. Oh yes. I can, I, I, I am sure it is. And I love how you basically showed how alignment wins, right? It's, it's really about what you said, you know, that you've never been in an organization that starts I mean, I, what you said also reminds me of start with why from Simon Sinek, right? Starting with the purpose, starting with why are we here? Why it's the value? And I can tell you even more than that because uh, the global network, like I said, exists for three years. And we, I think most organizations, they start on an intuition and they start on, okay, we're going to see what works, what sticks, and then we'll, and at some point uh, we decided also to stop and say, wait, what is our mission? What is our vision? But it took us three years. <laughs> Yeah, and so we, yeah we, so we started at the beginning and I was so grateful that we, we had this guidance because a nonprofit business is still a yes. business. Yes, exactly. And if you, if you exactly. went to like right now, we're just before it's, it's not that many shopping days. So Rosh Hashanah. So if right. you went to, if you went to, uh, uh, you're going to start a new company and you went to a uh, small loans, you know, officer at the right. bank. And you said, I'm going to start a company and I need a small business loan. They go, what, what kind of company? Well, it's a business where I'm going to sell umbrellas. Right. And they said, and so the first thing they're going to ask me is, show me your business plan. Exactly. And if, what if I said to them, you know what? what if, I'm going to buy umbrellas cheap and I'm going to sell them for more money. And then I'm going to make money. Then I'll pay you back. Am I getting the loan? No. No. Yes. So we go before... We, we, for, we, we all go before God at Rosh Hashanah. I don't care where you are. You're in a synagogue. You're not in a synagogue. You're left, right. It doesn't matter. The number one thing we're all asking for, write me in the book of life. Right. Give right. me another year right. of life. Right. Give me more time. And yes. what is God asking in return? What's your plan? Yes. Oh, you know, like I'll do good things and I'll be I'll nicer be to this and I'll do really yes. what do you want and why do you want it? Exactly. If I you don't that. know where you're going, God can't get you. There. Yes. And I, I love that you're also comparing nonprofit with for profit because it doesn't matter if you're, you know, your goal is to, to raise money to help or to really have a business, you still need to know where you're going, how are you going to get there? What is your mission? What is your purpose? And I'm going to uh, also transition because you said the word values. And values is something that is at the backbone of the mission and of, uh, of the vision. And I love that you also started with every, every person in the room's core values. Uh, but a lot of people told me about momentum that what is amazing about the organization is that everybody in the organization, and I know you have organizations in the States and in Israel, you have people working, but that everybody is breathing momentum's values. And I want to know what is the secret? What is the magical secret that you have that not only are you able to transmit those values to the women, to the mothers, to the men that are coming on the trips, but also the whole organization is breathing those values. Can you, can you tell us how you do that? Okay. So first of all, the secret is I did not make up these values. Okay. These values were given from above to the Jewish people to give to the world. Okay. We were given a job description at Harsinai, at Mount Sinai. 
And I always tell my kids, you know, I have young adult kids now and they're getting jobs and applying for jobs. And I always tell them, never take a job that doesn't have a job description. Right. It happened to me once where my husband and I took a job and there was no job description. So we thought we we're doing a great job. But they're like, no, we think we, you should be doing this and this. What, what are you talking about? Because there was no mutual job description. And so how can you possibly measure how you're doing if you don't have a job description? Right. So our job description or Lagoyim. Wow. A light unto the nations. Okay. We're supposed to be a moral beacon to the world. And if we were fulfilling our job, all nations would rise. Right. So how are we doing? Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, Bernie Madoff. How are we doing? Not so great. We're very dim light unto the nations. So we uh, are investing in the Jewish mother because we, not because we're a bunch of girls, but because it's strategically smart that if we invest in her and we instill her and remind her what these values are of shalom bite, of peace in the home, of courage, of, of, of truth, of, of faith, of, of, if we, if we can remind her that these are values that the Jewish people gave to the world and we're supposed to be modeling them, she, if she in, instills them within herself and brings them to her home and her home rises. So we, our, our, our basic uh, theory of change is if you inspire a woman, you inspire a family. And if you inspire enough families, you can inspire a community. And if you can inspire enough communities, you can change the world. Right. But how do you inspire with values? Like, how do you communicate those values? How do you, what is the process? Because I've also heard a lot, and I've been, uh, not myself on a trip, but I've, you know, uh, seen women on the trip. And I've seen how those women, whether they come from religious background, not religious background, whether they are connected to their Jewish identity or not connected, it doesn't matter where they come from, you can see that they're going through a transformation. So what is, I mean, I was asking about the team, about, you know, the organization, but also about the result and the transformation. What is in the recipe of maybe something you give them to eat? I don't know. <laughs> like what, so what, is what we do. Uh, so first of all, our primary target group are women who have children at home under the age of 18. And these women are very disconnected from their Jewish identity, Jewish knowledge, and their, and Israel. That's who we're, that's who we're targeting. And some of the women, like you're saying, are a little bit more observant. Maybe they're coming because we put Israelis on every bus. We put four Israelis on every bus. We have over 800 Israeli mothers who have had this experience and create this beautiful living bridge, deep connection to the women of the diaspora. So those, so, but really we are targeting women that without this experience are going to, are at risk of falling off the Jewish map with their children. So, and in eight days and one year follow-up, they are not only back in, they're back in strong and they're ready to take responsibility because that's another one of our, we have four goals. I, I explained about uh, we also to take action, to take responsibility, to engage with Israel and to connect to Jewish values. So one of the ways we do it, and it's very strategic, every day on the trip in Israel and the trip for over half the women, they've never been to Israel in their lives. Can you imagine? Wow. Every day is themed a value. Okay. And everything we, we talk, like the first value of the, of, on the first is learning and growth. That we're a okay. nation of, of, of learners, of knowledge, of questioning, of like, that's who we are. The people of the book, the Talmud is filled with people 
grappling and, and debating and and we are the we brought this to the world this the concept and the importance we are not uh we're not a nation that kept people uh apart from their knowledge we say go in and question and that though the the child in, in class who stumps the rabbi that's the one who's praised not and whereas in other nations that's it's the opposite, the opposite right so Every so so we start off with learning and growth, and we then we talk the next day we talk about courage, the courage that people you know who 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 founded this country, and where where is our courage, and and what's stopping us from being courageous? Like we're we're trying to empower these women and to unlock their greatness, and what we do because we do it in partnership. So we don't take women individual. Somebody calls me up from trying to think from Austria and says, you know, from Vienna, like, I want to come on this trip. My sister and I saw this online and I'm saying, you know, you can't, like, we don't have a partnering organization in Austria yet. Cause if they came on this experience and they went back, it would be great, but then they'd be alone. Um, Who would support them in their journey? So okay. we are trying to create social change and social change mm -hmm. can't happen in a vacuum and it can't happen on an Island. It has to be that you, you come with a cohort, you have a shared experience and the, the advantage that we have over birthright birthright is fantastic. I'm all about it. Tugly birthright. The, this, the challenge they have is first of all, their constituency is, is at a stage of life that are very fluid. Like they're moving right. around and they're not committed to, you know, to jobs or to geography or to relationships yet. It's very fluid. Whereas our, our, our target market, they, they are committed to, to their, to their children, to their, to their homes, to their families, like their, their jobs, they're, they're at a more mature stage of life and they're taking life a lot, a lot more seriously. And because they are geographically committed to a place and you're able to do follow-up in a much easier way. And so, and the results again are just really off the charts. Wow, amazing, amazing! And and I think that what you're saying in the recipe of having one value per day and really deep diving, deep deep dive into that value, it's not only the transformation, the personal transformation, but it's the connection with the group and with the people and with the identity. Yes. And again, we chose values that we can all rally around because we could be here from today until forever talking about our differences, right. but Natalie, that wouldn't get us very, very, that would get us someplace, but not a good place. So we want to focus on what unites us and not what divides us. So talking about the values, because you let's just say courage, right? I'll just take yes. the last value you spoke about. Uh, and you said the values come from above, right? Yes. They were given by God at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai. And I want to ask the question, maybe not so politically correct. And uh, I want to see, you know, where we get with that conversation. Uh, you know, what is the difference between values given by God and universal value? Because courage is a universal value. I mean, Har Sinai was for Jewish people, but I'm sure that people that are not Jewish also have courage as their value. So how do you make the difference? First of all, is there a difference between a Jewish value and a you know, regular universal value? And is there a specificity of the Jewishness of a value that we can talk about? So when we talk about universal values, where did these come from? Do you think they just organically happened? If you look at the world before Har Sinai, before Mount Sinai, before the Jewish people were given this to give to the world, this people were worshiping stone statues and sacrificing babies to the gods of of, of weather and love and and commerce. Like this was it was a very very different world. So when we say like, oh well, everybody believes that. Well, where did that come from? 
Where okay. did that come from? My mother, I didn't grow up in an observant family. And there's four kids in my family. In the end, it's a long story, but three out of four of us became very observant in different ways and different fashions. So my mother is a therapist and she would, I would say, I would quote something from the Talmud and she would say, oh, that's modern psychology. And I said, no, actually that's the Talmud. She goes, oh, no, 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 <laughs> but this writer, modern, like, so all the things that people, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. Okay. There's right. nothing that the ideas that are captivating the world, if you source them back, it's really, it's, it's Torah. If you go to the United States and you're, you're going to visit. Okay. So what are you going to go see? You want to go see like the, the, the statue of Liberty. You want to go see the, um, um, the, the Liberty bell. You want to go right. see the United Nations. If you read the inscription on all of these, it's Torah. It's Torah. If you go to Liberty Bell, I was like, waited in line. I'm Canadian. I'm originally Canadian. So I'm like going to go see all these American things. And I waited in line. It's from the book of Leviticus about the Jubilee year. Let, let freedom ring throughout the, the land. Uh, if you go to the United Nations, it's from the book of Isaiah, okay, to, to uh, turn your swords into plowshares. Like this, we gave this to the world. My husband talks about, my husband's American. When he talks about Abraham Lincoln, he, he says, Avrami Lincoln, okay? They brought, they called Judeo-Christian. But again, Christianity came out of Judaism, Judeo-Christian values. And this, this America became a beacon to the world, a light unto other nations, unto other countries of democracy and, and, and taking care of the, the, the widow and the orphan and, and, and people being treated like, like that people are created in the image of God. Where did that come from? Hello. <laughs> so we got so far away from it. We don't know what's Jewish and what's not Jewish. So, so basically, you're saying that initially all values were given uh, in, by the Torah, by God through the Torah, and that I'm not going to all say all values because it's not like people didn't have values. But what happened is when you have, like, if do you have kids, Natalie? Yes. Okay. So when you tell your kids, um, oh, you can't do that, uh, whatever it is, okay, like you can't play video games at ten o'clock at night. So they say, "Oh, Yehuda's parents, uh, they let him do that." Right. So what do we say? Like, what did our parents say? Okay, go live at Yehuda's home, okay? <laughs> but in our home, okay. So there's a certain weight you have, but right. it's a much heavier weight when you say, yeah. "I didn't make this up." Like when I tell my kids that 10% of the Hanukkah gelt they give has to go into a tzedakah box because that's because that we're, we're obligated to responsibility. It's not what you feel like doing. We have a responsibility to take care of others. So we put 10% over. So it's not my rule. It's God's rule. I'm here, okay, to instill within you values that were given from above. You know, like we, I came from the Washington, D.C. area. We made Aliyah five years ago, and 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 I'm in Israel. So both places I live are highly politically charged, highly politically charged. And you see what can happen to a society when there's that kind of division. Yes. So people ask me, are you left or are you right? right. I said, I'm not left and I'm not right. I'm up. Ooh. I'm up. Because many of the values that I believe in if, if or issues, you would say, oh, that's very left. The right. idea of taking care of, of universal health care or taking care of the poor, like of welfare, like you would say that's very left. Right. But many, many things and issues I believe in when it comes to certain things in Israel, you would say oh, maybe those are right. I'm not left or right. I'm up. I just want to do the right thing. Wow. Yeah. Tell me if there is a protest for up. 
Uh, that, that I think a lot of people would, uh, would go. Uh, so you spoke about Orla going, right? The a light onto the nations. And you spoke about the responsibility of the Jewish people uh, to bring that Orla Goim. And we even said that, you know, the situation right now is not looking so great. Uh, but I want to ask you on the feminine leadership. Uh, do you believe, and I think I do know, but I want you to expand on that. Uh, are women specially or differently or specifically more responsible for the oral going for being a light onto the nations of the Jewish people? And is there such a thing as a feminine leadership or a way of a woman being a leader? What is, I'm asking, what is the role of the woman in that responsibility that the Jewish people has uh, onto the world? It's very good. So if you look in Tanakh and you look at the Jew at Jewish history, time and time again, who is saving the Jewish people? It's the Jewish women. So you may not see that at first glance or or you see like the that you think it's very male dominated. But if you look in Tanakh, it says in the merit of the Jewish women, we were redeemed from Egypt. If it wasn't for us, we'd still be slaves of slaves of slaves today because the men gave up. The men gave up in the Hanukkah story and Yehudi turned it around. Like it's again and again and again, the, the Jewish, the, it was the Jewish men who, who built the golden calf in, 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 at, uh, in, in the Torah. And it was the women who refused to give their jewelry for that. But when it came to a holy purpose, we were the first ones for the Mishkan to give of our jewelry. I can tell you again and again and again, really the Jewish calendar is really a female calendar because every, every time. So what is feminine leadership? It's not you're doing the right thing and getting the men to do the right thing. And we don't care about getting the, the accolades. We just want to get the job done. If you're a smart wife and you're a smart mother, you get everybody in your home to do the right thing. And they think it was their idea. You don't need anybody to say like, oh, it's mommy, it's Ima, it's whatever. No, you just want everybody to realize their potential. And you have wow. to be smart to do that. And men, men's egos drive them to success, but it's the boulder they trip over. You see mm -hmm. that many men and the men who I mentioned at the beginning, the Jewish men, unfortunately, who are on the front pages of the paper, it's a, with a Chilu Hashem, and really like... Be, like putting a black mark on the Jewish people, they, they're, it was because of their egos, their desire for power, for fame, for, 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 for sexuality, like their drive, their lusts and their desires. They had everything in the world and they tripped over it. And not only they destroyed their lives, their families' lives, and it doesn't just reflect on them. It reflects on the Jewish people and ultimately it reflects on God because we are God's chosen people chosen for a responsibility. doesn't mean we're better. It's like the oldest child. Like, like I, I love all my kids. My first one changed my life forever. Like it's, there's a special love that you have for your first, but that being the oldest, you're supposed to be an example to the others. And you, it comes with responsibility and commitment. And that's the Jewish people. We, God does have a special love for us, but it comes with responsibility and commitment. If we're not doing our job, the world is going to go down. And yes. if the world is going down, we're not doing our job. So we believe, and, and, and I didn't make this up, you see it in Tanakh, it's going to be through women. That feminine leadership means getting the job done. It doesn't mean that I need the applause. It doesn't mean I need the recognition, but we are responsible to get that job done. Wow. So it's really about the ego. It's like not, it's doing it without the ego. And, and you're saying we also need the drive 
from the masculine leadership, but then you know they can trip over the their need for ego and for recognition. And you see that the women in Tanakh, like they were able to to correct course the men. Okay, right. it's not that we can't do it without. We 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 need them and we need each other to get the job done. But we have to course correct because a guy can easily sway to, to go off course and you need to bring him back in a way that builds him and doesn't destroy him but do you believe because you did say also that in the tanakh it looks like it's only male dominated and yeah. obviously it looks like that but do you believe that there is a rebalance or some kind of you know realignment between the feminine and the masculine leadership that even if women don't need the recognition or don't have that ego, but the world needs some more balance between the feminine and the masculine leadership. And so, so us women are responsible to bring more of that leadership to the forefront and not necessarily being like in the backstage or, you know, just when men make a mistake or something like that. Do you believe so when that so I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not saying that women should not be in the forefront. I'm not saying they necessarily are in the back, but they're being in the forefront is not because I want the recognition. I'm yes. not here because I want the applause or the power or the, I, I'm here to get the job done. In because COVID, the, 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 the countries that were led by women did much better than the countries led yes. by men. Why? Because women have an ability to put their differences aside and are more conciliatory and can see the bigger picture and what needs to get done. So yes. that's what women have the ability to do. So I, so just like it, we were we were taught we were taught that it was in the merit of the Jewish women that we got out of Egypt. The Arizal also says that 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 the ultimate destiny of the Jewish people will also be in the merit of the Jewish women. That's what I was gonna. Yes, exactly. So is, is this where we need to go? Do we need to be more in the light? Do we need to without the recognition? But is there more of women that need to be empowered to bring that 100%. I think it's a mistake when any country doesn't have female voices in the room when they're governing. Female voices in the room, at, it's like it not just tempers men, like we, again, we're more conciliatory. We see the bigger picture and can put things aside, whereas men have a harder time with that. So you do need I, I believe that, you know, I have a little bit of a dream of making uh, a, a one day running for the Knesset and but uh, creating my own political party, but it, wow. and this is the first time I've ever said this publicly. So it's wow. just a dream. But this dream may not be; it could be just a dream. But the idea of having a women's party, yes, people from the left, people from the right, again focusing up, not be religious, but focusing on just doing the right thing, no matter where you know, uh, no matter what somebody would label that. Not for not necessarily for for women's issues, for women's voices. Yeah. Women's voices must be in the room because a room without women's voices, I, I it's usually not very. It doesn't end very well. Yeah, I agree. And I was going to say the last question about your vision for the future, but I think you've answered that. <laughs> And I can say for myself, and I'm sure for a lot of people, that we would love to see women like you in the political leadership, because this is what is missing today. And we don't have, I mean, we could be here all day if we had to talk about everything that's going wrong in the world. And I agree, and I definitely agree with you that feminine leadership is bringing that voice back 
uh, to more collaboration, uh, to more consensus, to more seeing the big picture. And I'm so happy that we're having this conversation so that more and more women can raise to their leadership because we know that every woman has it inside of her. Uh, there is such a collective unconscious around, you know, what women didn't do until now uh, that needs to change and that needs to be uh, rebalanced. So, wow. Thank you. We're reaching the end of this interview. I can talk to you for hours and hours. I think that there's so much to learn from you and to be inspired, uh, but we'll leave that for, uh, I hope, another time. Thank you so much, Lori. I want to remind everyone that uh, there are trips uh, in Momentum that are happening. Uh, you said that the 2023 uh, trips are closed already, but there are ways to uh, to see if there's room for the trips. Yeah, you can apply for 2024 trips now. You just go to Momentum unlimited.org momentum unlimited.org not only will you see a way to uh to possibly apply to come on a trip or for somebody that you know but also you'll see a lot of incredibly inspiring educational opportunities we have an app a new app it's called yom y-o-m-m it's an international app for women around the world and do you also there's podcasts and and webinars and and video blogs and and there's so much there so please go to momentumunlimited.org and i want to thank you natalie for this opportunity what a pleasure thank you so much and thank you for what you do and for what momentum does for uh, every woman and the and the feminine leadership around the world thank you so much thank you everyone for listening and we will see you in the next episode of the jewish women entrepreneurs podcast thank you I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Podcast, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on our next episode with more amazing and inspiring content and discussions. You can visit my website, www.nataliegarson.com, for more information on me and our Born to Do Business program. And don't forget, if you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur, you were probably born to be a leader.